What's up, church planters and church planting enthusiasts? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter in arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planters. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Matt, it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, we, dude. It, it was it was it was kind of uh, strange doing an episode without you last week. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but but it went awesome with Curtis. It did. Yeah, it did. Man, yeah. God's using Curtis and his team in a great way right now. Yeah, he is. Curtis kept your seat warm. So. Did he? He did. Awesome. He did. He awesome. did a good job. So, um, yeah. But it was glad to have you back, man. And uh, Thanks, we're bro. it's good to be here. We're excited um, today because yeah. uh, we've got a really special guest on today that we're going to be interviewing. Um, the uh, his name's Joshua Harris, and it's not the Joshua Harris that wrote "I Kiss Dating Goodbye." Um, I always <laughs> have to clarify that for people because that's what people think. Uh, but this Joshua Harris uh, is my spiritual father. He's the guy yeah. that, that led me to the Lord, the guy that taught me how to follow Jesus, and he's the director uh, of Oak Ridge Disciple House in awesome. Florence, Texas, which is about. I don't know. It's probably like 40 minutes uh, north of uh, uh, Austin, Texas. Is Florence like about the same size as Toronto? <laughs> no. It's a little, little bigger or smaller? Uh, a little bit smaller. A little yeah. bit smaller. <laughs> yeah, I think there's maybe 1,000 people, maybe 3,000. I don't know. Joshua can tell us here in a second. Small town but, living. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, he uh, runs Oak Ridge Disciple House. It's a Christian character building program for men uh, over 18, and they primarily focus on men coming out of addiction uh, and so uh, it's an incredible ministry. I actually went uh, through and graduated Oak Ridge Disciple House, yeah. and God changed my heart there uh, out on the ridge. So, uh, Joshua, brother, it's good to have you on, man. Welcome. Hey, good, good morning, Jerry and Matt, to uh, be a part of uh, your podcast this morning. I'm excited and so encouraged by all the great things that the Lord has you guys uh, doing these days and to see every week, you know, just your, your excitement, not only for church planning, but also uh, more than that, disciple making. And so, Jared, you you know, man, it's any opportunity that I can uh, be a part of what you're doing and uh, to be able to share with our people uh, the continued growth that you're having. Um, and it's a, it's a privilege. So thanks for having me this morning. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, we're uh, we're just blessed that you're able to come on and talk with us. So, hey, Josh, you're uh, so your personal story. Uh, of how Jesus saved you and transformed your heart has definitely in a major way shaped what you do today with your life. Uh, and so I wanted to see if maybe we could just start off by you kind of briefly sharing your story of how you came to know Jesus with our listeners. Okay, so I'm glad that you are, uh, you know, it told me earlier that this would be a four-hour podcast today. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no? I don't think we're no, going to have that much time. That's changed. Okay. But I know I know you could okay. preach all day. You'll you'll make you know people me. fall out the window like the apostle Paul did. <laughs> fall asleep. Well, I am yeah, they'd be fall I am an evangelist through and through. And I'm gonna tell you, Jared, and you know this about me and, and Matt, probably just through social media and things that we do, uh, that you see that I do. I love to tell uh the story of of my um of the grace that I've seen in my life and I love to mm. share with anyone who has ears, the amazing uh, God that we serve and the Lord that has uh, just captured my, my existence and my heart and, and, and pulled me out of such a, such an incredible hell uh, that I was in for such a long time. So I do love to share that, but I will just, you know, kind of give you the, the, the three minute version 
uh, if that's what you're looking for, just to kind of set the stage for for who I am, where I've been, and, and kind of what God's done in my life. That's what you're looking for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three to five minute version. I, I was born in, uh, and if you want to stop me and ask questions, please do. I was born in California. My dad was in the Navy. Um, I had an older sister and an older brother. We were all three years apart. So my brother was six years older than me and my sister was three years older. And my mother died when I was just under a year old. I was told that she had epilepsy and died in her sleep. And so I never met my mother. Uh my father uh, got out of the Navy when I was uh, about a year and a half, and my mother had passed away, and we moved to Texas. And so I grew up in Texas, in Houston. And um, and so I'm a, I'm a Texan uh, through and through, hook them horns, Amen. all the way to you. Josh, we're going to have to go ahead and end this. We're going to have to go and wrap this up <laughs> right now. Matt's a, Matt's a sooner. Uh, Matt's a sooner, Josh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you're still in mourning. Uh, then for- <laughs> no, that's okay, man. Uh, we're, I'm I'm praying that Texas. I'm become a big Texas fan because I want you guys to run the table because we want to hang seventy five on you in the Big Twelve Championship. <laughs> you know, the, the Lord says not to live in the past, my brother. To live in the now, and so don't worry about yesterday or tomorrow. To live in the victory that we just had here recently. <laughs> yeah. So, wow, that's great. <laughs> So, yeah, so grew up in Texas, uh, uh, Matt and Jared, and and uh, in, in Houston. And when I was uh, three years old, my dad got remarried, and uh, we had a huge blended family put together. So I had my brother and sister, and then she brought uh, uh, three other siblings into the relationship. And so I had then four sisters and two brothers, and it was a big, chaotic, Brady bunch of a mess. But I didn't know it at the time because – that was my life and that was how we lived. And it was, you know, a big, big family, lots of uh, dysfunction and screaming and hollering and chaos, but it was normal to me because that was who, who we were. I never grew up in the church. I didn't know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ growing up. As a matter of fact, I was uh, 30 years old before I really ever understood or, or heard the name Jesus. All I knew about church growing up is that those buildings were places where you didn't jack around or play around because you could get in a lot of trouble. And so even in our chaotic, uh, you know, younger years and things like that, we never messed around on church properties. And that's about the extent of, of my knowledge of who God was. I never was mad at God. I was never angry at God, even in the chaos of, of, of my, um, of what's coming in my, in my testimony. I, I never, I never held any bitterness or anger towards God because I never knew God. And so when I was nine, my life changed forever. Uh, and, and it, it's, it's the turning point of where I know God started to intervene and started to work. And he's been there my whole life. I know that now, but, but, but where he really had to start sustaining me and taking care of me, even though I didn't know him still for a very long time. My mother, uh, of course, as you know, passed away. And um, my stepmother is where all of my abuse came from growing up. Things like that was very uh, verbally and physically abusive. Um, but the the enemy would take it to to the next level at nine years old. I heard a big fight going on in my house, which, like I said, wasn't uh, abnormal at all. That was that was every day. But there was just something different about this this time. Mm. And literally, you know, like a movie you would see today. I watched my father just drive out of my life and I know it at, at the time I would I just you know knew that he was he was angry and driving off and so the next day I found out that the hero of my life 
I mean, this was a man who never laid a finger on me. I can remember him spanking me when I was little, maybe once or twice, you know, three times for 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 being silly. But a pop on the on the behind, you know, uh, cut that out kind of thing. It, it, even three times I can remember. And but my mother, uh, my stepmother is where I got all my abuse, and she would hit us when he wasn't around, and and just horrible things. And but this man was my hero. He was my coach. He was the one who taught me how to throw a football in Papa Willie. That's kind of how I like to say it. He, and he was my, he was everything to me. And I found out the next day after he drove out of my life that he was living a double life and that he had been sexually uh, molesting, raping, whatever you want to call it. My sister mm. who was three years older than me since she was about three years old. And she was 13 at this time when she finally came out to uh, one of my stepsisters and said, Hey, here's what's going on. I've had had enough. And, and they confronted him and he burnt out. And so that was a incredible devastating blow. As you can imagine, um, within a couple of days, my stepmother who, you know, was of course floored by all of this as well, you know, in her own lostness, like I said, we didn't know the Lord. We didn't know forgiveness. We didn't know anything but chaos uh, and anger and rage. Just really kind of just decided, you know what? I don't have anything to do with these kids. And, and, and in her own lost way, blamed my sister, you know, and just, just destroyed us basically and kicked us out. My brother was old enough at 17 to go out onto his own. I think he moved in with a friend of his, if I remember correctly, and started his life up. And then me and my sister were split up and put in two separate, you know, they their group homes today, orphanages back then. And I was an orphan. And I went out onto my own with a big chip on my shoulder and a big hole in my heart. And I was lost. I mean, as lost as you could be. And I meandered around for a little bit, finished high school, went to community college for a little bit, but had no direction. And at a party one night, my best friend at the time, walked up to me and, you know, I was a guy that, like I said, with a big chip on my shoulder, you couldn't tell me anything. I'd rather fight you than, you know, say something nice to you or have you try to be nice to me or say something smart to me or whatever. And, and, you know, he walked up to me and said, Hey man, try this. This will chill you out a little bit and, you know, help you forget and all those kind of things. And Matt and Jared, it was powder cocaine. Hmm. I remember that first line of cocaine, like it was yesterday, like the story I told you of my dad leaving. And I remember in my being at the time, I didn't know spiritual war. I didn't know the enemy to the to the Holy Spirit and all those kind of things. But at that very moment that I put that first line of cocaine up my nose, I remember now the enemy, because I know his voice well now in my flesh, saying, I got you. And mm-hmm. I just remember feeling that way. I got you. And he did. I mean, it, it was. I was off to the races. And long story longer, I've got my story online. If you ever want to go and, 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 and on YouTube, you can just YouTube Joshua Harris. And my, my whole testimony is you can go listen to it. It's about an hour long. But long story longer, I rode that nightmare of cocaine addiction for 15 years. And it was anything that you could think of that that world and that uh, uh, life of drugs and dealing drugs and crime and organized stuff and all I, I was involved in all of it. And I don't glorify it. I just say you can't you can't go apples to apples with me and say I don't understand and that I could never get out because I've been there and there's only one way out. Right. And that's when that's where my story takes a much better turn is when a pastor who had get introduced to me in jail when it was one of my stints in jail and I had a few of them that was inter- that a man came to visit me, sent by another man came and visit me. And I met a man who 
I sat across from this man, and the only way to describe it today with what I know about the Lord and how he uses people is Jesus' eyes. This was a man who had something so different about his spirit and his, his um, you know, restoring to me the joy of thy salvation in him that it was just, it was amazing. And I just said, I've never, I've only met a few people like this that had Jesus eyes. And I knew, or I know today that the Lord sent him to me and he came and he didn't judge me. And he said, you know, we've heard a lot about you through this other guy. We want to help you. And, you know, we believe the Lord's calling us to help you. And so there's a lot to that. But basically he gave me a home when I got out of jail. He gave me a fresh start. He gave me a church to start to kind of look and see who this Jesus was. And man, I just started to 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 change a little bit, but I wasn't out of myself yet. And I wasn't through with me yet because I hadn't found forgiveness in myself and I hadn't found forgiveness in others. And I was still very angry and still very bitter and still very selfish and, you know, um, just hadn't let go of a lot of things. And so it took a couple of years. And like I said, you can watch a testimony. See, it took a couple of years. I ended up meeting my wife at the church and getting married and all those but it took a couple of years to really, really find um, Christ in a real way. Mm. And it, that didn't that didn't happen until I finally got to a bottom, bottom where I had relapsed and I started using and I brought my family through this hell and I started using cocaine again because I started thinking about my dad. And it was just excuses, though, really, when you really think about the big picture of it is that I was still so addicted and so sick still. And the, the disease inside of you just tricks you and. I found myself in a place like we have today called Trinity. And it was a disciple house up in West Texas on the border of New Mexico. And it was the desert and it was grimy and dirty. And it was a house built for about four that we had 15 men running through. And I'm going to tell you, Jared and Matt, it saved my life Mm. because Jesus met me there and introduced himself in a real way where not only did I fall in love with the gospel and forgiveness and I was able to forgive myself, but more than anything, because I had six months alone with God, I fell in love with the word and fell in love with that. I could read it and it could help me and it could heal me and it could teach me and it can change me. And it's where I got my call into ministry. And there's so much to that. But first Corinthians chapter one, starting in about verse 20, where it starts, where the word starts talking about who we used to be and who, how people look at, and in our and those who think they're so smart and they got everything all figured out and God will use a guy like me that it's despised and lowly and weak and not much future and not much hope according to the world's eyes. God says, if you'll give me your life, I will turn all that into good and I will show people that no matter where you've been or what you've done, I can use you. Mm-hmm. And that's where I fell on my face. And about I got there in May 2005 and about July I fell on my face and I said, whatever you want to do with the rest of my life, Lord, do it. I don't care if you want me to cut grass at church with scissors. <laughs> wow, man. What, an, what a powerful story, brother. Yeah. Now, Joshua, you didn't plant a church, but, you know, you're more of a church planter than I think you realize. Mm. Um, and, you know, because because what you did in starting Oak Ridge Disciple House is is essentially what you know Matt and I both did in, in starting a church. Uh, there's a lot of similarities because you kind of pioneered. You you started something from nothing, right? Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I wanted to uh, to maybe see if you could you could share a little bit about um, you know like how did you know uh, that God was was calling you to do that and uh, and what did you do uh, you know when you first realized you know what God's calling me 
uh, to start this this men's home. Uh, and I've got this vision, this dream, and I've got no experience. I don't really have any direction. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know God's telling me to do it. So uh, what did you do? Yeah, so what I am, I guess, when you really think about it, is because of the way we're insured through Church Mutual and, and those things, we're called a parachurch. So I guess I'm a parachurch planter. Does that mean? <laughs> uh, there yeah, you go. yeah, a little bit. Although yeah. I think Oak Ridge runs yeah. more like the New Testament church than most real actual churches out there. But that's just me. But anyways, we, I digress. You know, I appreciate those words of encouragement. And that's what we want to be. You know, when we have people out here, they say, I feel more at home out here, what we call the mountain, uh, because we're up on this big ridge and it's beautiful. And Jared, you, you know about it and you know uh, how many mornings you got to wake up and say, good morning, Lord, up on this ridge. And people say, I feel more and I'm not taking anything. I love the church. You know that. I love mm-hmm. meeting on Sunday mornings with God's people. But they say, I feel more at home up here on a Thursday night than I do in my own church because it's just no judgment up here. There's no nothing. It's just Jesus and me and God's people. And it's just come as you are and everybody's up here. And so, yeah, I appreciate that. And that's what we want. We want people to know that, man, this is the church. We are the church. It's not the building. It's not where we meet. It's it's who we are. And so that's that's our whole thing. So, yeah. So so how we ended up doing this, it's so amazing. The, the whole thing is so supernatural. The, how I got this place is I met the man who we bought this place from, this 25 acres from the second week of coming home from Trinity. I had met John Hargrove, of course, as you know, that first week. He had these properties, and I called him, and I said, hey, I want to bring a few guys with me, and I want to start a disciple house. I'm ready to do this, and I know this is what God's calling me to do. He said, well, you're not going to believe this. He said the the what we call the ridge has been sitting vacant for about a year now or six months to nine months because the family that I had there doing a bed and breakfast, they just bailed on me. Things are a mess. The septic has backed up in the second house twice. Do you want to come look at it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, yep. I said, I do, because there's a big, beautiful property. And I knew it was going to be a lot of work, but it would be a perfect place because it's out around nowhere where you need to be. And you could get alone with God. And it was just so perfect. And I came and I came on a Friday and we got snow in um, the end of or, or I'm sorry, the beginning of March here in Texas, we got snow and I got snowed in, Jared, up on the top of this mountain. I think you've heard that story. I was scared to travel down that two mile road because of the ice. And I literally fasted. There was no food up here. There was nothing, some peanut butter in the cabinet. And I sucked on peanut butter off of a spoon for two days. And I fasted and the Lord said, this is where you're coming next. And we're going to get this thing going. And I was sure of it. And I drove back to mission. And I said, pack your stuff. We're going home. And I told uh, Pastor McLean that we're going to put in a director and he's going to take it from here. And I'm taking three guys with me and we're starting Oak Ridge so that Jared could come, get his life together, start a church in Canada and do a podcast today with Matt. Wow, <laughs> man, Joshua, it, it, that's a that's a that's an incredible story, man. Like um, I think I think what, uh, you know, following you and seeing the stuff you post on social media and just knowing Jared, the impact you've had on Jared's life is just incredible, man. But I think as you share our story, um, maybe, maybe you could just, uh, just in a few seconds, like what, what would you say when, when you, when, when we hear your story, it's just a story of God's faithfulness over and over and over again. You know, he's always, he's always opened up a door that man couldn't open. He's always provided, um, brought you into relationships, all that kind of stuff. You know, what would you just say to our listeners out there, our church planner, 
listeners, um, and even church leaders who are listening, just about God's faithfulness and trusting in Him where they are right now and believing that God is faithful. Wow. Yeah, that is a great, great uh, question and statement, because I thank you for that, because I will tell you absolutely, Matt, that I don't deserve any of this, man. Yeah. I'm a guy. I'm a guy that for 34 years um, did everything, you know, especially for 15. You know, my childhood, I, 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 I can't take credit for because that, that, that's the life I, I had. But, but for, for 14, almost 15 years, I did everything I possibly could to destroy everything good in my life. And, and Matt, I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. I should be. I should be dead so many times over because of the amount of poison that I put in my body all those years. I mean, there were nights where my heart should have stopped so many times. And then, and then even in, in the end, when I had reached my end end, and I tried to commit suicide by snorting cocaine until my heart popped and God wouldn't let it happen. And there's so much to that story. But, but so I just want to say this, I don't deserve any of this. And it is mm. only because of God's grace and mercy. And because he knew that I would eventually fall on my face, and, yeah. and worship him that he had all this planned. And so I would just say this, listen to your heart mm. and, and know that God has a plan for each and every one of us. His word promises that before we were ever even formed in our mother's womb, he knows us and he loves us. And we have, he has a plan for our lives. What that looks like, you know, on an individual basis, none of us know, but I will tell you this, man, I, the life that I get to lead today, and it's a great one. And 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 I'm and I wake up every day going, I don't deserve this. I cannot believe that I get to punch in with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and go serve the Lord today. And so I would just say to anyone, listen, God's plan is perfect. It's not always going to be easy. It's been a long road. I've got a great life in Christ today that are that's mm. still very difficult and very hard in its ministry, and it's and it's and it's still my kids and my wife, and it's not perfect. But it's worth it. And this 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 last, you know, we're going on uh, nine years working on our ninth year here for the Disciple House. And it is absolutely every day is a war and a battle, but it's worth it. And you just got to trust God that no matter what comes your way. He says, you know, I'm not going to take it away necessarily. I'm not going to remove it, but I'm going to go through it with you. And we're going to work through it and you're going to be stronger on, on the other side of it. So if I'm understanding your 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 um your question to, to kind of to kind of encourage people is that, you know, I wouldn't have any of this hope and I wouldn't have any of this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control without the Holy Spirit, but without the word of God and, and loving it and reading it every day and getting instructions from God. And so I think that's really prayer and the word is where they're going to find all of their vision and all of their hope and meet people and go places and be in the right place at the right time so that God can then take you to that next step. And that's what it's been, man. It's been every couple of years. God has put me where he needed to put me so that I would meet the right people and be in the right places. And man, I just wake up every day. And I think this is where I'll end it on this on this part. I wake up every day before my feet hit the ground, Matt and Jared. And Jared, you know this because I teach it. And I just say, God, whatever you want me to do today, mm. please make me stay in the center of that will. I want to be a blessing from the tips of my toes to the top of my head. Even in my mess of a of a self, use me and and just and and let me be a, a blessing for others today for your glory. And just mm. do what do whatever you want to do with my life today. And I just think if I keep doing that, man, though. You know, I'll fall forward, man. I don't ever have to fall back, and great things can happen. And and I've seen that play out. So just don't ever lose hope, man. That's the thing. Wow, praise God. I have a quick follow up question, Joshua. How, how big are your biceps, 
And who would win in an arm wrestling contest between you and Jared? <laughs> what? <laughs> and and do you ever do you when whenever 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 the folk whenever the guys whenever the men at Oak Ridge whenever they get out of line do you ever just challenge them to an arm wrestling contest if you need to? I you know year a few years ago I used to probably I would probably boast in that but now man I'm getting older and it's just fun staying in shape. Dude, I see so, those pipes, man, on Facebook I, and Twitter, dude. I, you got some guns. Yeah. I use, well, I call that I call those uh, those are used for the headlock gospel. And so, if you've got a guy that's real, 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 um, um, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, stubborn, uh, stubborn. Yeah, and just won't won't fall on his knees. You put him in that headlock gospel, and you put that bicep right up against that jugular, and you say, "If you were to meet the Lord today, what would you say?" And so, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Josh is also a professional wrestler, amateur no, no, amateur wrestler. No, he's not. Oh, he's not. Okay, sorry. You could be though. He could be, man. He could be a wrestler, kid. Yeah, I love it. I've, I've, it's been. Josh getting shape, and he, man, okay. I tell you, he's he's battled through some back back pains and things yeah. like that. So yeah, so yeah. Awesome. Did, 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 did I lose you? What's that? Did I lose you there? Uh, a little. We lost you a little bit, but you're back now. So how it is up on this mountain, but but it's fun to watch you guys uh, get in shape as well. And I know Jared's like I said, I don't know if you heard me, but he suffered with some serious back issues and things like that. And I pray you're feeling better, Jared. And it will be good to see you get back in the gym and and get swole again, brother. Yeah, man. I'm I'm just I think I'm trying. I'm kind of at the same point where I'm just trying to maintain and and stay in shape. That's kind of my I think my serious weightlifting days are are over. But um, hey, Josh, I kind of before we wrapped up, man. Um, I just wanted to. Uh, real quick, kind of talk about, um, you know, how you're making disciples there up on the ridge. So for those of our listeners that don't know, uh, Oak Ridge Disciple House houses up to 12 men at a time. And it's a pretty structured environment because, you know, these guys are coming from chaotic backgrounds and they got to get away from the people, places and things that have been uh, leading to their destructive habits. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's, you know, from the beginning of the day all the way to to bedtime, you know, like there's a there's a schedule. But what I what I always loved about it is that um, everything surrounds, uh, you know, everything in that schedule is about being immersed in the word of God and in service uh, of other people. Uh, so there's a lot of time spent uh, serving without expecting anything in return. A lot of time spent memorizing scripture, uh, reading the word of God, um, you know, in prayer. Uh, things like that. And I think yeah. that uh, that's one of the reasons that you see, um, you know, men get get transformed the way they do out there. Because mm. for the first time, I've always told people when I tell my testimony that uh, for the first time in my life, I was able to get away from the noise of the world and actually listen to God uh, and hear God speak to me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to ask you maybe if you could um, speak into, uh, you know, what you've learned about disciple making uh, as you've led that ministry. Yeah. So thank you for, for your encouragement. And I'm so glad that you, uh, that you got what, what our vision is. So what, what we are not at, at Oak Ridge. And I think it's important for us to say this when we talk about recovery and drugs and alcohol and that my heart behind things, because Jared, you, you, you sharing your testimony, I'm sure that you weren't addicted to drugs and alcohol so much as you had your time of, you know, a little bit of drinking, a little bit of pot uh, smoking, things like that, but you weren't addicted like I was no. to a substance. 
addictions. You were addicted to self. You were addicted to quitting. And you came to me and said, listen, I just don't want to, I don't want to be this person anymore. No, there's so much more that God's calling me to be. Mm. I just want to be, I want to become a disciple. I want to real. I want to know what it really means to be in love with Jesus and to serve the Lord. And so 80% of our guys that come are absolute, you know, they've, they've, they've just come to the end of themselves with drug and alcohol addictions, and there's nothing left. They've been through all the treatment centers. They've been through all the rehabs. That's what we're not. We're not a treatment center. We're not a rehab. We do love helping guys with addictions, but what we are is we are disciple-making, a discipleship training course. And what we want is we want guys to come here and go, it's not so much about becoming clean and sober it's about learning who I'm truly am in Christ. And so, like you said, you know, our schedule is is Jesus throughout the whole day. What we want is not to come have these guys say, I'm going through recovery, I'm going through treatment, and then they get out and they're clean and they're sober for a minute, but they've got no hope and no vision. Mm. We want these guys to learn what it means to, because we are a Christ-centered recovery house. We want them to know that what we're trying to teach you how to do is to walk as a Christian. We want you to fall in love with this Christian life, not that old uh, that old party life and that old drug life where you're going to start to hate that and love who you are in Christ. So like you said, Jared, we wake up every morning, 4.30, 4.45 in the morning. We're in, we walk down to that chapel, man, and that's where we start our day. We do our devotional with, uh, with Oswald Chambers, and we're going to get that utmost for his highest. We're going to fall on our face and surrender to the Lord. Like I just said, I do every single morning. Father, first thing, I need you all day today. Uh, you know, we want to walk in you. We want to grow in you today. We get up. We do memory verses. Got over a hundred uh, uh, passages that we we teach these guys. Jared, you've got verses that hidden in your heart. You would have never, ever, probably ever even thought about memorizing if you hadn't come through Oak Ridge. We want these guys to fall in love with Thy Word. Have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against Thee? Mm-hmm. And so we want. Get that memory verses, and then of course a different preacher every morning preaching the Word, or one of our guys that's uh, in leadership preaching the word. And I walk through books of the Bible. We got board members that come out and pastors that come out. And Jared always comes out. I always schedule him to come and preach to these guys one of the mornings when he's uh, able to be in Texas. And he's going to do it here coming up in November. I think he's coming in November. December. Yeah, December, every morning it's somebody new giving these guys a fresh look at what the gospel looks like from a well-rounded theological standpoint. But we all think the same. It's not we're giving these guys all the different looks. It's just what do we believe about the gospel and what does the word of God say about that? And so and then we start our day and then and then breakfast and then that service that you talked about. We want these guys to take their eyes off of themselves. The best thing that I ever, ever did that the Lord ever instilled in me, uh, uh, along with that love for him, is that it's not about me anymore. Take my eyes off myself. Jesus even said, I didn't come to to be or to, to serve. I came to be, or, or I came, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And so he was our example. So these guys get out every day and do four hours of service work, whether it's on our property. And we have a huge 25 acre property, but more than what we like more than staying here is we like getting out in the community and helping widows and single moms and and elders and seniors who can't help themselves anymore and by the time these guys graduate i don't know if you know this uh, jared but by the time you graduated from our discipleship training you had over 420 hours of serving the lord in the community uh, when you graduate it, that's more than most people will ever do in a lifetime. Yeah. And so we've got four, over 400 hours of service work. We want these guys to be serving. And then of course, throughout the day, it's the classes after service work, we have lunch and then we have experience in God hour. Every one of our disciples goes through first 
the experiencing God through from Henry Blackaby. I, that, that, that work, if I can recommend one workbook to start, and if you're really trying to understand that God knows you mm-hmm. and loves you and has a plan for you, if I can do that on this, I, I hope I can. Henry Blackaby's experiencing God. Every one of these guys, including myself, have gone through it. And then we take them into some of the disciples' uh, cross books, disciples' cross personality, um, victory, and then mission. And they go through those four Master Life series books and then other things as well. Of course, they listen to In the Trenches every week, right? Yeah, In the Trenches every week. Matter of fact, we're doing those those once in the morning and once at night now because we want them to. (laughs) Yes. And then we we have a little bit of downtime, free time. that We've got a great place. They've got a gym here and a pool and all those things for the summer and a a sports field. They do a lot of team activities. And then they have another class at four, which is a recovery class to celebrate recovery, dinner. And then we have something every night. And so it's Jesus, 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 walk with Jesus. Walk. What what it looks like to be a Christian every day, not just while you're here. While you're here is great, but that's not what we're training for. Mm. We're not making disciples to, to, to just be a disciple here. We're making disciples to graduate and like you, Jared, go, now I got to go give this thing away. I can't keep it if I don't give it away. And I don't really have it if I don't desire to duplicate myself because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit won't let you do anything else. Right. And so we want these guys to graduate so in love with the word of God and their relationship with Christ that they go, man, I want others to have this. So we make disciples that want to make disciples that want to make disciples and want to make disciples. And if they'll fall in love with that, drugs and alcohol is easy. Yep. Mm. That's right. Amen. Well, man, there's there's so much more we could we could talk about. There's so much more to uh, the ministry there at Oak Ridge Disciple House. Um, I do want to uh, let our listeners know um, that if you know somebody uh, that struggles with a drug and alcohol addiction and they're truly at the end of their rope and they don't uh, they've tried everything and uh, they're really really ready to surrender, uh, you can you can get in touch with Joshua. I know that they've had. Uh, guys from Florida to to Illinois to California come uh, through the program there uh, in Texas. Jared, what? Jared, let me interrupt you because I got a guy from uh, from uh, British Columbia. I got there a guy go. from Canada right Canada. now. Even Canada. I got a guy from Canada right now by way of Iran. So he let that he let took his family out of Iran wow. and they're in. They're in Canada now, and he just got got done with a mission trip because he didn't come down here for drugs. Now he came out here because he God called him out of that Muslim faith, fell in love with Jesus. He came out here to be discipled, and now he just got back from a mission trip with John Bratloff, who you know, in Uganda, and got to go share with the Ugandan people how what Christ has done in his life. I mean, it's just amazing. So, Jared, we are worldwide for the man, Lord now, awesome, worldwide. Man. So, hey, if you if you know somebody that needs some help. Uh, I'm going to have in the show notes, I'm going to have Joshua's uh, uh, contact info so that you can uh, go visit their website or you can email him and, and get in touch with him. And uh, and if you know somebody that's really ready, um, they can get yeah. uh, help there. So uh, yeah, can I tell you this right now? Just yeah. we just had two graduate on Sunday. So we've got one guy's coming today to fill one of the beds. I've got one bed open. I just had to ask a guy to leave two days ago, unfortunately, because he and we of course drug test those things and i had to ask him to leave because you only get one shot here man there's no second chances when it comes to bringing drugs back onto this property and things like that so that's still two beds open and i'm graduating three next month so right. right now we've got beds open i don't know when you'll put this up but man call us can i just give the phone number right now yeah man absolutely 
512-905-2111. That's the main number. I'll answer that phone. If you don't get me, leave a message. Listen, God's going to use this right now. And all I care about is reaching one guy at a time who gets said, you know what? I don't want to be this person anymore. I know that I know that there's more to this, and you've got to be ready for Jesus because he's the one doing the work up here. All we do is surrender and let him do it. So 512-905-2111. If you're ready, we will help you. Wow. Yeah. Well, guys, um, Joshua, if, you know, like just as hard as he used to go after uh, cocaine and go after the devil, he's going hard after Jesus now. I think you could probably tell that just from listening to him in this interview. And what I love about him is that, uh, man, he's as real as it gets. Uh, he loves Jesus with all of his heart. And that's what drew me to Jesus. When I saw yeah. how much he loved Jesus and just the way he said the name of Jesus, you could tell he loved him. And I wanted that. I wanted what Joshua had. Uh, and I've got it now, which is really awesome. And now, yeah. uh, you know, Joshua's got a bunch of spiritual grandbabies up here in Canada uh, <laughs> because he discipled me. And then I came up here and uh, and we've gotten to make lots of disciples. So, uh, bro, it's just so cool to have you on. Um, and we really appreciate it. And, and we want to thank our listeners uh, for tuning in uh, today to another episode of In the Trenches. So make sure you head on over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com. And you can listen to other episodes there. And we need your help getting the word out uh, about this podcast. So if it's been beneficial at all to you, uh, then do us a huge favor and head on over to uh, either iTunes uh, or Google Play or Stitcher. Uh, and you can hit the subscribe button there and make sure you leave us a rating, a five-star rating only, please. Only five. Only five. Uh, and that would really uh, uh, really help us out a lot and increases our exposure so that we can get this podcast into the, into the hands of more church planters. So uh, until next Monday, guys, we're going to be back with another episode next Monday. But until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. Yeah.